0: You're listening to the Just Giants podcast with Grump and the Cranky Fan.
1: Be sure to listen for free on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, and Podcast. I'm back. back in the new York.
0: Welcome back to Just Giants with Grump and the Cranky Fan, the best damn podcast for the best damn football team. I am your host, the Football Grump. With me, as always, is Mike the Cranky Fan, and this is a very exciting moment right here. I mean, this is right before the final preseason game. Um, This is Friday morning. Tomorrow night, the Giants will face Aaron Rodgers and the Jets. At home, I guess. Well, I don't actually don't know. Yeah, it's a home we game. We are a home team, yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. At home for the final preseason game. This is the last chance for a lot of guys to make an impression to make a push for a roster spot. So we got a lot of stuff to go over. But first, breaking today, this is recorded Thursday night. This morning, Joe Shane pulled a fast one trading to the Cardinals a 2024 seventh round pick for 2022. Eighth overall pick, Isaiah Simmons. Now, I remember that draft, and there were more than a few people making the case that the Giants should draft Isaiah Simmons at four overall because the Giants hadn't drafted a linebacker since Carl Banks um, in the first round. Uh, He was this versatile player, a Swiss Army knife. He could play hybrid, safety, linebacker, DB, blitzer, You know, all these kinds of things. The Giants didn't take him. I personally didn't like that as a first-round pick. I didn't see—what I didn't like about Isaiah Simmons as a first-round pick was that I didn't see him be very good at anything. He was just kind of good at a lot of things, which, to be fair, was also my criticism of Jabril Peppers. Now, what that means and what that doesn't mean is that I don't like investing high things in something like that, but I absolutely value somebody like that just not that high. What did you think of Isaiah? I'm, I'm, I honestly don't remember. That was like the height of the pandemic stuff. So I'm...
1: <laughs> I think I had a COVID fog for about six months. So I don't remember either, but uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's one of those things like, you know, when you're drafting that high, you need somebody to be very, very good at something. Like you said, you know, and Swiss army knives are great to have on your roster, but you know, do you want to invest that high for someone who could be a franchise player potentially? Um, you know, the, the nice thing about this trade also in addition to getting him, which solves some problems, is, you know, all we really we traded was a seventh round pick, which was an extra pick. So now I believe in next year's draft we are back to our original seven picks. We are you know, we, we gained extra picks through trades and free agents and all that other stuff, and now we're right back to where we started from, but we've picked up someone that, you know, looks like to be a very good piece in a Wink Martindale defense. Yeah, so, I, I, good job. I, like
0: the, I like the criticism of this is that, oh, he's a bust. It's a seventh-round pick. It's literally peanuts. Yeah. It's seventh-round pick. We don't have to pay his whole salary either. He's only costing a seventh-round pick and $3 million. And not for nothing, he doesn't have to start. So we're taking another team's starter. We're making him a depth piece. We're paying only half of his salary, and we gave up a draft pick that didn't matter. This is objectively yeah. a great trade,
1: right? Sure, sure. Even if it doesn't work, it's still right. a great trade because you're you're investing next to nothing on a flyer, right? And just having the opportunity, and it, and in this league, especially when you're a team that, you know, is really scraping up against it against the salary cap, you have to take chances a little bit where you can. This is a chance with no downside. It's right. a chance that oh well, didn't work. So so be it.
0: And I think more than anything, Wink Martindale is the most happy with this. I think that this is definitely the kind of guy... Well,
1: well, I would say Simmons is probably the most happy because he gets to a much better situation than he was, too. Sure,
0: yeah. And a chance to prove himself. I mean, there were reports about... Uh, I, I mean, at least... I read at least one report about some questionable effort from him last year. Um, but that being said, the Giants have already spoken uh, that they think... Felt he was miscast as a safety. I would agree with that. I don't think that he's a safety. He's he's an inside linebacker with plus uh, coverage ability, in my opinion. So he's not going to be your downhill thumper. He's also not Bobby O'Karake. But he's kind of uh, – he's like a linebacker too, I think, in this but, league.
1: But that's fine because we don't need a Bobby O'Karake because we have one.
0: Sure. And we also <laughs> didn't give up assets to get a Bobby O'Karake. We gave uh-huh. up a seventh-round pick. That is nothing. That is nothing. I mean like – when you get yourself an Ahmad Bradshaw out of the seventh round, that is a win times a million.
1: Yeah. So. And then even to further the thing that there's low investment for it, I mean, if it doesn't work this year, he's off the books next year. Correct.
0: So. He's on the very last year of his contract. And also, if just because he didn't work out in Arizona doesn't mean anything. Arizona's a dumpster fire. That coach is gone. DeAndre Hopkins was kind of a flop there in some regard, right?
1: Sure. Yeah. I mean, it's a it's a tough place. I don't understand it. Why it is such a tough place to succeed there? I mean, you know, they have a great stadium. You know, they they uh, it's a place where free agents could be attracted to with no income tax. Uh, I don't understand it. But maybe it's just because they've had horrible ownership for 96 years. Um, they've never really hit it on good coaching hires. I don't know. But it just seems like that's just a franchise that's there for other teams. Wasn't Bruce Arians there? He was there, but I'm talking about just traditionally.
0: Well, I would say that when Bruce Arians was there is when they were kind of their best.
1: Yeah, yeah. But I mean just historically, I mean it's – they just seem like they're a franchise where other teams get to play against and a lot of their away fans get to show up and get a free vacation in Arizona. That's kind of what their use is in this league. Hey, man, they host
0: plenty of Super Bowls.
1: Yeah, and a place to go where you can play golf in February <laughs> for a Super Bowl, and also where the Giants and my Gators have won championships. So that, that, I always hold that place in special regard.
0: Have they ever won a Super Bowl? They've only been to
1: one. They have been the Kurt Warner one. I want to say they've been to two, but I don't think that's right. And if I know they, they have been
0: won- to two. It's going back several decades, right?
1: And they haven't won a championship since they were in Chicago. So we're talking. Oh, Jesus. So it's like, (laughs) what is that, the 50s? uh, 1947 or something. I mean, right around the time, uh, you know, O'Leary's cow kicked it, started the fire, I think. It's been that long. That
0: that news didn't make it over to East Germany that
1: year. Not exactly.
0: Yeah. So really, really dating uh, the Cardinals there.
1: Yes, if anybody. If anybody's still awake listening to this, you know, we'll come back to reality.
0: <laughs> okay, so yeah, Isaiah Simmons, I, I'm ecstatic. I was very excited this morning to read that. I couldn't. Be- I actually thought it was fake. I thought there was no way that he was giving for just a seventh. Then, as I was reading about it, I thought it was fake only because Eagles fans were all in a twist about it, um, because it's Jonathan Gannon's the coach. So, you know, I guess I guess there was no phone call placed with Howie.
1: By the way, really quickly before we move forward, I was in Philly yesterday. I went to a baseball game, and those imbeciles, you know, they're doing the E-A-G-L-E-S chant, leaving the stadium after the Eagles lost. You guys are just a bunch of losers. <laughs> I'm sorry. That place is just, it's just a shit hole. I had to get that off my chest. Sorry. Uh, yeah.
0: No, I understand.
1: I'm back home. I'm, I'm I'm okay.
0: So we're going to go through the 53-man roster. So the Giants are playing tomorrow night against the Jets. And I think for like at least forty-five roster spots we're secure, and I would say at maximum there's about eight spots up for grab. I think that's a pretty high estimate, but I wanted to be generous.
1: So um, let me let me ask you about this as as we get into this. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm gonna again. Let's we'll do a caveat that we do not know each other's fifty man fifty-three man roster. We have not kind of t- shared our rosters either, together with each other, but. To me doing this, there was pretty limited numbers that I was really not sure about who's making this team or not. And I'm trying to decide in my head, is that a good thing or a bad thing for this team? You know, or you know, I know we still have to upgrade overall talent, but based on who we have here, a lot of this is pretty cut and dry. And, and those spots really that we're trying to decide on, you know, are more in the margins than you know, are really earth shattering decisions this team has to make. You agree?
0: I agree, and whether that's a good thing or a bad thing I think depends on your feeling of the off season, right? I mean, I think if you're coming off of a down year or a disappointing year and you didn't do a lot in the off season or you didn't feel great about the draft or whatever and you feel like these are very obvious answers, then I would think that it's probably a bad thing. But I think in our case at hand, we had a better than expected year last year, right? Um, so Got we're it. coming off of a successful last year. We retained a lot of players in a very de- – we only lost really one, and that is Julian Love, who was probably the most expendable of every single player that they were able to retain. Um, they had a draft I think that both of us feel very good about. And so for me, when I hear that and, – and I think they went out and they acquired so much talent in free agency to address a lot of um, depth chart concerns – I think that that's a good thing that these are very secure. Yeah. Um so I, mean, I think it's situational based on what happened.
1: We're always going to measure ourselves. I think the the true measuring stick is, you know, the last game we saw was against Philly and we looked like we were not in the same league as them. So we're always going to be measuring ourselves as did we get closer to Philly? And right. Philly is the team that is the is the bellwether now in this division, you know, they are the best team in this conference. And they might be the best team in this league. So if we want to get to where we want to be, you know, we're happy that we are now a playoff team, but we're not happy. We're not done. Like, we're on the ascendancy. We still wouldn't know where we need to get to. So
0: at no point last year were we division contenders, and that's what you want to be. You know, what you are with the rest of the league is what it is. But if you're winning your division, that's. That's your first benchmark,
1: and we were not and, close to that. And that, and this and that's fan base, counting with
0: Dak Prescott not playing for several games
1: last year. Right. And this fan base is going to go pretty quickly going to go from, man, like from last year. This is awesome. We're decent again to this year. Okay, we kind of expect to make the playoffs to next year. we're This is not going to be good enough. So this team's going to have to keep getting better as we go. But you can only build so much and so far between the cap and, and, and free agency. But, you know. I think for right now, you know, we're going to we're going to start off this conversation by saying what we still think are the biggest concerns we have on this roster. But I think a lot of the concerns that we may have had, you know, walking off the field in Philly, a lot of those I think have been at least somewhat addressed going forward. And, you know, where a lot of concerns may not be as many as we had before.
0: Yeah, I would say that my concerns are absolutely different than what they were at the end of last season. So if I had to True. pick two positions on this team that I'm not feeling so warm and fuzzy about, it would be one on offense and one on defense, which I think is probably the Same. best way to do. So Same. for offense, for me, I'm still not feeling 100% great about offensive line depth.
1: Yep, that's what I
0: have.
1: Okay. I, yeah. I was a little more specific. I said uh, tackle depth. Tackle depth, yeah. Depth.
0: I would say so so like the interior spots, I know they're rotating and and no one's truly won you know left and right guard positions or whatever whatever the case may be, I know they're they're practicing Mark Lewinsky at left guard now and all this crazy shit. I understand all that, but I am comfortable with any of those guys having to show up because I've already seen what Mark Lewinsky is and what he isn't and we can be successful with him. I think Bredesen's a step up and I think Azuto is an ascending player. I'm comfortable with that and I'm more than comfortable with John Michael Schmitz. So that interior spot, while it's kind of a mess right now as to who the starters are, I feel comfortable in general. If anyone gets hurt, fine. We can make it work. The tackle spots, I don't feel comfortable about at all. You know, Andrew Thomas, I feel really great about. Evan Neal, I feel confident enough that he will do enough and he's still learning and getting better you know what i mean like i think there's still ceiling there but everything behind the two of them is just absolute mess it's a mess
1: it's but the simple you know thing for me is if one guy gets hurt Mm. what happens and if one of these two tackles andrew thomas gets hurt if evan Neal gets hurt there's going to be a serious drop off what we've seen in camp and in and, and the preseason games to this point, which really scares the hell out of me. And that's, to me, that is the number one, you know, every team has kind of a basic offensive line. As, as starting five, they could throw out there and be like, eh, passable. The bad teams have nothing behind them. Right. And, you know, we are still, as much as we think we are on the road to becoming a serious playoff team and everything, the one thing we are still lagging behind is, Adapted offensive line, specifically the tackles until we get that addressed, you know, even to give, you know, a blow to one of these guys, like for a play or two, if necessary, if they have to, we really can't afford that at this point. And that's, that's a problem.
0: Yeah. And I, I know uh, fans probably don't want to hear this, but the true answer for me is drafting. Uh, you know, you can go out and sign free agent guys and whatever, but those guys move around the league. Oftentimes it, the guys that go for affordable contracts, they move around the league because they just can't stick anywhere. And, you know, while they may be, oh yeah, that's good depth, you know, depth for one game and depth for six games are totally different things. So yeah. the best case scenario is to have a guy at tackle who you feel like could be a big, could be fighting for a roster spot, uh, not a roster, spot, a starter spot in two years. Is good to have as your depth because he's going to try harder. He's trying to get better. Um, and you want that for your depth. Like it, ideally, for me, when I'm thinking about swing tackle or a backup tackles, I want one ascending player that you, that the regime in charge has drafted, and likes, and a veteran that knows what he's doing and can hop in there at a moment's notice. And those well, are the two depth guys that you ideally want at tackle.
1: Well also you're trying to think about the overall big picture, you know, salary cap constraints and roster construction oh, sure. too yeah, yeah. that much cheaper. It's not you can't just go to Walmart and pick up a tackle for for ninety nine cents. Anyone's gonna be worth half a shit is going to be expensive. So yeah. the best way to get those guys are, you know, young and cheap, and the only way to get those young and cheap are through the draft.
0: The other position that I'm pretty concerned about after having done this this um, exercise here is the edge rush position.
1: Okay, good. We have different ones. Good.
0: Okay, good. So, uh, you know, Thibodeau is an ascending player. I think he's going to take a small step forward. You know, he also was hurt at the beginning of the year last year. That doesn't help his development. But I don't think that he's going to be a Von Miller type. I know he was drafted fifth and whatever, Um, But I don't think he's ever going to be a Von Miller guy who's going to be putting double-digit sacks up every single year. So that's for starters. And Aziz Ojolari hasn't been healthy. And that's our starters. Behind that, you have Jahad Ward, who I think is a very good depth piece to have. He's very good against the run as well. But he's not amazing. And Taman Fox, you know what I mean? Uh, Habakkuk Baldonado, Tayshawn Bauer, O'Shane Ziminis. That's what we have. That's not good enough. However, that being said— the trade for Isaiah Simmons, that's an added blitzer, so I feel a little bit more comfortable about it because I've st- said this i probably on the last episode, but very recently on the show, Wink's defense does not rely on the edge rushers to be the ones getting consistent pressure. They have to do their job, and they have to do it right, which sometimes means setting an edge. Sometimes it means just occupying a blocker. Every single thing is very scheme-specific, so... Another blitzer means more pressures, which is essentially the same thing as an edge rusher. So I'm the Isaiah Simmons thing added. I feel a little bit better. That's a depth piece that's going to be adding quarterback pressure, in my opinion.
1: Mine's a little different. And also, mine is more of a shorter term concern, which might be a 2023 concern, but I feel it will get better as we go on. And that is cornerback. And only because I'm looking at it for. You know, we're going to have two rookies starting and, you know, they have a lot of promise. You know, they've looked good in in training camp. Deontay Banks is, you know, a high draft pick. Um, But they're rookies. And when you're relying on rookies, you're going to have growing pains. The question is going to become how much growing pains are we going to have to deal with this first year? And, you know, cornerback is as much about confidence as it is ability. And if these guys have a, you know, the first game they're playing, you're playing Dallas right out of the box, you're going to face some big time receivers. And if they get torched early or just they get worked or used early, it could make it a little rough in the beginning part of this year. So again, I think it's something we may look back on this in 2025 and be like, you know, we could have a, you know, maybe we have a, you know, a, a pro bowler on one side and a very solid guy on the other side. And we're like, remember when we were, I was concerned back in 2023, but we're not at 2025 yet. We are 2023. And I, I just think that, you know, having to live through two rookies starting and having a lot of snaps back there might get a little rough. And I just – I beg of Giant fans, have a little patience if it is a little rough early. I have – I have a lot of confidence that these guys will be fine going forward. Um, you know, it's not a long-term concern. I'm not talking about using my first 12 draft picks in the next 2 years to draft cornerbacks to make up for this. I just think for right now, it is it's a concern of mine.
0: Yeah, I think that's I think that's valid. Sorry, I just sneezed. Um, <laughs> I think that's I think that's valid and and just as you said it like specifically for 2020 Three specifically because the rookies—they clearly address the position. I think they also, I think they're—I'm pretty sure you'd agree with me. I think they're happier with what they've already got out of Trey Hawkins than what they expected, right?
1: Oh, absolutely. I mean, it, I, I mean, I don't think there was any discussion about a Dory Jackson being in the slot before you know yeah. we were getting ready for training camp, right?
0: No, 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 no. That wasn't even a that wouldn't even exactly. been a joke. That wouldn't have been exactly. funny if somebody said that. Sure, sure. All right, so we're going to dive into our fifty-three man rosters. Um, the graphics on the screen are screenshots of what I wrote. Um, they're not cranky fans. I don't even know what cranky fans fifty-three man roster
1: is. Um, I have it on sheets of paper because I am old school. I am fifty. You are, so.
0: yeah. You are Dave Gettleman. Uh, <laughs> um, but I we're going to go George through this. Young. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to go through it position by position, and. Uh, We'll just have, like, a quick talk on each one. But like we said, I, I, I think this is going to be pretty straightforward for us. Agreed, yeah. All right, so let's start with the offense. Quarterback, I have only two people making the team, Daniel Jones, Terod Taylor. I have Tommy DeVito joining the practice squad, and I think that is where they want him.
1: Same. Um, any concern? I mean, practice squad, you have to kind of expose him to the league before he goes to practice squad, correct? No. Well, okay. Then, then then, Tommy, you DeVito mean, you to mean the, like
0: rules wise in terms of eligibility?
1: Uh, yeah. Like, no. Tom, is, there, is there a chance of losing DeVito to somebody wanting him before he gets assigned to the practice
0: court? Oh, yeah. Like, like as in clear waivers? Yeah. Yes, but I'm not 100% on who. I think he is susceptible to waivers. Um, okay, so it has something to do with how many years you've accrued, I think.
1: Okay, so for argument's sake, are you concerned that we may lose him to another team? I Based think on it's what you've
0: possible, seen, possible, but I'm not concerned about it. Okay, does that make sense? Yes. Like if it happens, that stinks because I do think that there's development that's available there, but it's not something that can't be found next year, the year after, et cetera.
1: We're we're talking we're talking about a third string quarterback who's a long term project. So I, right. I agree with you completely.
0: Okay, that was easy. Yeah. Um. This one's going to be a little bit longer. Okay. Uh, so running back. I have three. Okay. Um, This one... So, for those of you who can see on YouTube, I have an asterisk next to somebody who can make a name for themselves in this final preseason game and earn a spot. They can earn their way to that 53 with a really good showing. I have Barkley, Breda, and Eric Gray as the running backs making this team. The guys I don't have making it are J. Sean Corbin, Gary Brightwell, and James Robinson. Um... But I do think that Corbin can make this team. I think he's had a good camp. I think he had two good preseason games. And quite frankly, I think he outperformed Eric Gray. Eric Gray, I can't see this regime giving up on him. They basically handed him return jobs, even though he hasn't done anything in the return game or special teams at all, as far as we've seen. Um, but I just it's a fifth-round pick, and I don't think that they're going to just let it go.
1: I have I have the four of them making it. I have been making the team. Um, one of the toughest decisions I had to make was, and if you listen to the show, this last episode we had, I had a tough time keeping Gray on the roster. I, I did was too, going, man. I did too. I was going with three, and I was thinking, and you know, you didn't bring it up, but I did. I brought up last time that his pass blocking has to significantly. Improve. I would say and, even
0: his running ability hasn't, he hasn't, he has shown nothing to me. He has shown zero ability to catch the ball, to run the ball, to return the ball, to block. He has shown very, very little to me in this amount of time.
1: Yeah. To me, the only reason he is still on the roster, honestly, is because they drafted him right now mm-hmm. and this regime drafted him. I think if he was a second-year guy who Gettleman drafted the year before, he'd be gone.
0: Yeah, I agree. I
1: think I, I think if he was a just a free agent pickup in the off season or whatever, just trying to make the roster, he'd be gone. I think that's where when he's your guy, you get a little bit of the benefit of the doubt. But um, I had him on here, you know, using our old pencils and pens. I have him in the lightest of pencil, but I, I do have him on here for now.
0: So I'm gonna. I'm... I've mentioned this before. I think I mentioned it in the last episode. Uh, my disagreements with this regime's view of running backs. And that's a little bit unfair. The, I, I have disagreements with Brandon Bean's uh, view of running backs, uh, which is where Joe Shane and Brian Dable came from. So there's probably some similarities there. Eric Gray is our first uh view uh i would say retaining saquon barkley is our first view into this regime's view of running backs and then drafting eric gray is our second view into this regime's view of running backs um i know that this fan base had a 5 year meltdown over taking a running back second overall right but i ask you cranky fan in your estimation which is more egregious taking a consensus best running back at number two overall one time or in four years taking three running backs with premium picks third round or higher because the bills took Devin Singletary in 2019, his contract expired and he is no longer with the bills. He's in Houston. That was a third round pick in 2020. They spent a second round pick on Zach Moss from Utah he was traded with a 5th round pick to Indianapolis for a different running back and last year spent a 2nd round pick on James Cook. To well, me I, that yeah. is egregious. I'm well,
1: sorry. Well, I think I you know, I think the Barkley thing was the personification of everybody's frustrations with Dave Gettleman. Full stop. I think if that wasn't, I would say like
0: eighty five percent of
1: it. Yeah, I think if it wasn't Gettleman who was the guy who made the pick, I think it would have been like you know, you know, okay, well, a little strange, but you know, goddamn, Barkley is a talent. He's a generational potential running back. You can do so many things. We're good with it. I just think that you know there was a a segment of this fan base from the day he was signed as a general manager were nervous to be polite and we're unsatisfied with what he did, you know, to the point that by the time they drafted him, it was like, okay, what are we doing here? Why why are we, and I said this several times on this show, why are we still acting like a 20th century team in the 21st century? So I think, you know, that outrage was a little bit more of the circumstances around it as much as the pick. But yeah, I mean, to, to answer your question, you know, as much as we both said that you know that the, the running back is you know overvalued now in this league and stuff that's you know annually going in and taking uh, premium spots on a running back and these guys haven't even stick on the roster they were moved on for other things it's why are you rearranging deck chairs for for a position like that it makes no sense
0: yeah i mean this isn't like an apples to oranges thing i know i made it that way very intentionally but in general, I would say, um, I, I, I would say that I just in general disagree with their assessment of these running backs. I think that they are all overvalued, except for maybe James Cook. I think is is pretty good in the second round. is a pretty fair spot for him. Um, but Zach Moss in the second round is terrible. That's terrible. Yeah. Um, you know. And the fact that they traded him away after, like, one year or two years or something like that is just credence to that.
1: I, I, I don't if, know. If you like your guy, you like your guy. But, again, you know— <laughs> Clearly didn't like him. <laughs> yeah, if you like your guy. But, you know, there is a cost component to all of this, especially in a salary cap league, especially in—you know, you only have certain amount of draft picks. So— Yeah, it's something we're gonna have to monitor. You know, keep going as years go on throughout this regime.
0: Yeah, and I think it's unfair that I'm sticking all of these things to Joe Shane. He's not Brandon Bean, even if he had his tutelage. He is not him. He is not his decisions. Uh, But it's something I was planning on keeping an eye on was his evaluation of running backs. We didn't really take one last year, uh, and but, but we did this year. So. It was somebody I did not do work on. When I did post draft analysis of him, I was like, "Okay, I can see some stuff here." And the fifth round is not a premium pick, so it's okay if it fails. It's okay. Hey,
1: and also he has not played one snap in a regular season Correct. NFL game yet, too. That's
0: very early judgment.
1: The most important thing we're going to judge a guy on is how do you play, you know, under the lights in a real live scenario.
0: But it does. It is important that an undrafted free agent from the year before. Is in my opinion higher on the death chart.
1: Well, does that? Well, can we turn it around and say, you know, they found this undrafted free agent and look, he might make the roster. Does that give him? Well, no, points? not if
0: you not if you followed it up with, because that tells me they didn't have confidence in that pick when they, or, which isn't a pick. That's just money that they handed out mm-hmm. um, to the point where they felt like they needed one in the fifth round.
1: Yeah, or sort it look? competition too yeah
0: or that too i mean i i it think, Bright, it, I think Bright, it's zero points right well
1: was a gettelman pick right right well wasn't Correct. a uh, yeah. that was okay
0: the, i would say um, probably a joe judge pick than anything but um anyway that's our running back so you had four i had yes. three with the chance of corbin making the roster so we're Correct. pretty close here tight ends i have only three mm-hmm. but again you'll notice some asterisks here i have waller bellinger and i have cager that seems to be the guy that this regime likes. Um, you know Tommy Sweeney is a, somebody I think probably rounds out the roster a little bit better I think it offers us more stuff but well, I also we, think that he's probably clear to make the practice squad he also just had a medical episode hoping yeah, that he's we, okay because that's pretty scary that was like not football related he just sort of collapsed on the field yeah um, and I also think that Chris Myrick is somebody who has stuck around for a reason whatever he's asked to do he does well enough he's has scored more than one touchdown for this team um but I think both of those guys are practice squad candidates that could earn that 53rd spot on the roster potentially, and I don't think Ryan Jones
1: has a shot. I have the same three as you. OK. I think Remember, is, remember we did not compare notes before we did this.
0: No, no. This is probably where it gets interesting is wide receiver, and I'm sure that this is um, where a lot of people have debate on how many, which ones. I think Wandale Robinson starts the year on the PUP list. He's still there. There's no reason to rush him back. He's a young guy that this regime bought in on. They picked him. Um, There's no reason to push him, especially when you have all the slot receivers that they got for very cheap. So I have seven guys. I have Darius Slayton, Isaiah Hodgins, Jalen Hyatt, Paris Campbell, Sterling Shepard, Cole Beasley, and... The last guy that I added was Bryce Ford Wheaton. And that's because this week, every single beat writer that works for the Giants was like, oh, they love his special team stuff. They love it. They love his special team." All of a sudden, that was like a huge talking point. It tells me that there is some known but not known, but this is definitely going to happen kind of information going around.
1: I um, had se- I had seven, but I had Wendell actually making the roster, at the active roster. I... Something just sticks in my mind from a couple of weeks ago when they said he was very close. He, uh, Yeah, I read the same. And, and to me, you don't say something like he's very close and then just park him unless something happened. And I, don't, I didn't hear anything about something happening. There's been no spies who said anything. So to me, I think they're just being extra cautious with him from that period. They said – I think if they could go back in time, they probably would – you know, take that little word bubble out of the air, and didn't, wish they didn't say that. But I think they tipped their hand a little bit, and I think he's going to be ready for opening day. I think just somehow that just stuck with me, resonated with me. So I actually have him as the seventh wide receiver. But if he is on pup, I have um, I have Bryce Wheaton also as my seventh one. Although I did, you know, there's always one pick. One rosters thing every year, and there's a cut where you're pretty surprised about. That's true. And I thought about it for a hot minute that Sterling Shepard would be that one.
0: I uh, mean, That's fair. You would not be the first person to say that to me. Yeah. So I don't uh, have an asterisk yeah. next to Wandale Robinson only because I don't think he can improve himself with a showing on Saturday because he will not be playing. That's um, but I But I did put one on Jamison Crowder on the off chance that Wandale is going to stay – not off chance – I, I agree. There is a chance that he is taken off the PUP list. And in that case, I would say Cole Beasley from my list gets removed, not Bryce Ford Wheaton, because I don't think you need Paris Campbell, Sterling Shepard, Cole Beasley, and Wandale Robinson all kind of sort of occupying the same spot. But yeah, but that's not I to was, say that they won't call Cole Beasley back midway through the season.
1: Yeah, see, that's what I was going to say was I think even if he is back, I, th- I have Beasley on the roster to me. It's... It's insurance, right? You know, you know. He did he do enough in camp and in these preseason games where, if we release him, somebody picks him up. Does some maybe, dirt bag, but I don't. Does some so. dirt bag from our division pick him up just so they can learn a little bit about our offense? Maybe I don't know. That's conspiracy cranky talking, but um, I I I would think if he's on the roster, um, I think he stays. Also, as just a little bit of insurance.
0: Yeah, so I I do think that they're early on off season acquisition of a bunch of different slot receivers um i think that that's planning ahead you know sterling shepherd doesn't make it throughout the year or he has to go down for six games or something like that or wandale robinson isn't ready at the start of camp or whatever they have a plethora of people who have already learned the the verbiage they understand the basics of the offense they have some continuity with daniel jones Um, So I think that's why like the Cole Beasleys of the world, someone from that group is not going to make the 53, whether it's Wandale, Shepard, Beasley, etc., or Jameson Crowder. Someone's not making it, but they will be on speed dial week seven or something. Sterling Shepard goes down for a couple games or whatever. So I, I do think that that was a calculated thing, to get as many bodies in there that they're happy with, pick from the ones that they're happiest with, and stay familiar with the guys that they're less happy with. Um I'm sure. And I, I, the way I have it penciled out is that Jameson Crowder could overtake Beasley, and that's partially because Beasley's leg is kind of fucked up right now. Mm-hmm. So if he's if he's not good, maybe Jameson Crowder, with a really good showing against the Jets this Saturday, can overtake him and they'll call Beasley back. I think that's unlikely for right now. That's why I have him flip-flopped. That's fair. Um, offensive line. This is going to be another one that I think might be a little bit debatable. I have 10. How many you got? Me too. Okay. Same. Thomas, Azudu, Bredesen, Schmitz, Glowinski, Neal, and then I have Tyree Phillips, Matt Parrott, Marcus McKeithen, and Shane Lemieux. In that order.
1: Uh, do those last five again for me, please.
0: Um, the last five were Evan Neal, Tyree Phillips, Matt Pert, Marcus McKeithen, and Shane Lemieux.
1: I do not have Matt Parrott making this team.
0: It was close. For me, yes. So yeah. the, I, have I have three guys Asterisk, and that's uh, Harlow, Julian uh, Davenport, and Corey Cunningham. Those guys I don't have making the roster, but I am not confident in Shane Lemieux. I'm not confident in Matt Parrot. Those guys could all shuffle. I have no idea. I have no idea.
1: I have Lemieux making the team, um, but again, written in pencil. <laughs> you know, the lightest of pencil. I also have a note on here. Look to get a, a swing tackle or something after all the other cutdowns. Like you might be very on. likely. Yes. Um, just because we have these 10 does not mean these are the 10 who will be necessarily playing, you know, that's first Sunday night game against Dallas. I, I definitely think, you know, we might go dumpster diving or not even dumpster diving. I mean, there might be some legitimate guys that are out there because of salary cap issues or just, you know, they just make decisions that, uh, you know, could possibly benefit us as much as it benefits the team that are cutting them. So, I really think we're going to find a, a a backup tackle, a, a swing guy. You know, will will be on this roster that we do not know who that person is right now.
0: I agree with you. Um, I'm not happy with the three guys I have asterisk. Yes, and we've already talked at length with our concerns with the the offensive line. So we'll flip right over to defense. Mm-hmm. Defensive line. I've got five. Same. Okay. I have Dexter Lawrence, Leonard Williams, Nacho, um, uh, Sean Robinson, and Jordan Riley. Same. Okay. <laughs> I have Ryder Anderson and DJ Davidson as practice squad guys who could force their way to be a sixth guy. Basically because Ryder Anderson is not like any of the guys that we mentioned. He's a lot slimmer. He's quicker. Um, mm-hmm. And DJ Davidson's a draft pick from last year. He was impressing. At the end of last year, right before he tore his ACL or whatever his knee injury was, so I think both of those guys could make a push to make the fifty-third guy and be the sixth defensive lineman. But I don't have them making it right now. It's
1: fair. Okay.
0: Edge guys, have only got four. <laughs> Same. Okay. I have. I have five. Oh, okay, I have Kayvon Thibodeau, Azizo Jalari, Jihad Ward, and Taman Fox. I have Baldonado and Bauer making the practice squad and I have Ziminis the fuck out of here.
1: I have Ziminis hanging around for yeah. some reason it, and I don't know why I do. I just have a feeling he's just going to He's one of those guys like like you think like a, a Matt Pert he's going to get one more shot. I get it. I, I get mean, it. I'm not, I I
0: don't think you're totally wrong either. I think Wink at least is like, you know what? He's got speed off the edge and I have a third down package that he's better at than anybody else I have on this roster.
1: I built this 53-man roster trying to think how the coaches think. Not necessarily, not what I would do with the code I think is going to happen.
0: Um, Linebacker. I've got six. Two of them are really special teams players, though. Okay. So I have Bobby O'Karrake, Micah Mm -hmm. McFadden, Isaiah Simmons, Darian Beavers, and then Carter Coughlin and Cameron Brown. Um, Deontay Johnson might make the practice squad. Nothing for Ray Wilborn. What do you think?
1: I had for inside linebacker, I had four. I had K, Simmons, McFadden, and Beavers.
0: Okay, so you don't think Coughlin or Brown make the team? I do not. Okay, so I'll make my case here. Okay. Um, I, I hinted at this on, what was it, Friday last week we played? I was on Talking Giants with Bobby. Cam Brown is literally just a special teams player. And I know that the Giants love him on special teams. I've seen some flashes. But I don't see a Slater-type special teams player that is just an ace. I see an athletic freak that is fucking lost on defense. He can't play (laughs) linebacker. On the flip side, Carter Coughlin does not look useless on defense. He really doesn't. He looks like a third stringer, but at least he plays linebacker and he understands it. And he is a good special teams player. So if I'm the one making this roster, Cam Brown is the fuck out of here. I I don't see a point. I don't think he's that good on special teams that you need him. I I just – he is completely useless outside of that. If we had to play Carter Coughlin, I would at least know that he understands where to be. He may not be athletic enough or fast enough, but he'll be in the right spot. Cam Brown is lost, dude. He has no
1: clue where to be. But, I know where he's not on my sheet of paper. There you go.
0: Um, outside corners, I have four. I mean, this is kind of weird. I I don't know how you broke up your secondary stuff, but strictly for outside corners, I had four. It's Deontay Banks, Adoree Jackson, Cordell Flott, and Trey Hawkins.
1: Um. Yep, I have those four.
0: Okay. Yeah. Darren Evans looked bad. Zion Gilbert didn't look too good in preseason either. Those guys might make the practice squad. They've been around here for a while. They clearly have traits. Zion Gilbert's like six three. Um I also think that Alex Cook was pretty impressive. He might make the practice squad. Jamon Green is kind of useless and Oruario is gone, right? Yes. Um and then DBs slash safeties, I've got six. So this is kind of our slot guys and our safeties. Okay. So I have a Xavier McKinney, Jason mm-hmm. Pinnock, mm-hmm. Dane Belton, yep. Javarius Owens. Yep. Nick McLeod and Darnay nope. Holmes. I just barely have making
1: it. <laughs> Me too. Same same six. I I had Holmes listed to my quarterbacks, but I do have a note about quarterback. I have a veteran depth guy will be added from cut down day. It's my second on the on the defensive side.
0: Yeah, and I kept going back and forth between Darnay Holmes and Bobby McCain. I I have seen nothing from Bobby McCain that's like, yeah, he should make this roster. Yeah, that's, but he is a veteran. He knows where to be on the field, which, as a safety, is super duper important. Um, he just he shows nothing to me, and I think right now Dar- Darnay Holmes offers a slot thing that they don't have. I do have Aaron Robinson continuing on the PUP list. I'm I'm sticking by that for one last year. I do think that he is the best slot corner on this roster. He just last year Giants fans only remember him playing on the outside and looking shitty, but that's not where he belongs.
1: I. My philosophy with the exception of of Matt Parrott was if you're the incumbent on the roster, you're going to get a little bit of the benefit of the doubt because I think what they're trying to do is get some consistency with this defense, with guys who really know this defense. They want to build a real solid base of guys who know what Wink wants to do, and then, you know, we'll start shuffling guys in and out once that base has been established. So again, if we're talking about, you know, backups at this point i think the edge in my mind for defense specifically is going to go to the guy that's been there already again these are purely on the margins meals these are not the difference between us making the playoffs or not i just think it's uh you know we want to continue our, our in this league is very important against what they're trying to do yeah i'd agree
0: and i i think the special teams gano gillen Kreider, right yeah same yep so that's it. That's our fifty-three.
1: We're pretty close. So basically, so we had I think two, maybe three people different out of fifty-three.
0: Yeah, our wide receivers were very close. Our running backs, you had one more than I did. Mm-hmm. Um, I had our offensive uh, line was pretty close.
1: I had Zimenez still on the team. You didn't. Right. Yeah,
0: that's pretty much the big the big differences.
1: Yeah, I mean it's really. You know, again, this wasn't a camp going in. There would be lots of battles for starting positions or anything. Um, You know, we we were really talking about, you know, who's going to be the, you know, the 10th lineman or who's going to be the fifth cornerback. And again, I don't know if that means everything is all, you know, gravy or, you know, is everybody equally, you know, eh, not good enough to be in this league to be, you know, real contenders, but... I, I think we are—we're both pretty much in agreement where this—this this is the team, and this is the team we're going to have going into it. I—I—I—I I, I, like I said I've mentioned a couple of times. I think after cutdown day, there's going to be some people available that we are going to, you know, definitely try to pounce on if we can. Um, so you—we might see some further shaking up of these lists, but uh, I think we're ready to roll into the season. Let's just hope that in this jet game, we don't have any significant injuries that require you know, small to medium sized shuffling of of these uh, projections.
0: And just one last thing before we end out this episode. I am I'm really excited for this season. I am I am I was like we, we you know we do this podcast, I spend so much time in the draft and in the off season watching other football and getting ready for college for the next draft and all this other stuff. And we we belabor the fucking start of the season for so long that it becomes like Chinese water torture. Um, not not that it's torture, but you become desensitized to the impending season. And then last week we got literally one drive of the starters, and it looked night and day from everything else that we've seen. And Me? that was it. Everybody sat. It was a near perfect drive with one drop. It was like pretty much the only bad play in the entire drive. And then you know tonight I was just at a brewery, which is not like a big sports area. And Perfect in there, shock. <laughs> well, I mean, this particular brewery was not um, yeah. much more of a music scene. The fact that you
1: thing. were at a brewery is not a big shock. oh yeah
0: no that's not shock. Um, but I go in there and there's there's Giants gear everywhere, all over the place. There's Giants gear, and I'm just you know stopping by, and I'm like, hey man, great shirt, great hat, you know what I mean? Whatever, just a real quick whatever. And and like these people are super jet. They're like, oh, did you see that trade today? Are you excited? You know what I mean? Like this like fervor is not contained to just me. I'm not just like the football freak. This is like an actual vibe that's permeating around the area. And that makes me really happy.
1: Yeah, you know, I was doing my, I was doing some Gator research today because, you know, we're starting next Thursday in Utah. And it occurred to me that this might be the first time really since 1987 that I am going into a year with higher expectations for the Giants than I am the Florida Gators. I mean, those those Super Bowl wins that happened you know, were kind of late season runs that we had. You know, things were, you know, wow, we were on a roll. We were winning in the playoffs. We're in the Super Bowl. We won the Super Bowl. Um, but you know, the Gators have been so good for so long, and we are, you know, not expected to do much this year. You know. The pundits have us at five to six wins. This is really the first time I'm going into a season thinking I have, my expectations for the giants are greater than Florida. And that is a real changing of the guard. And, um, you know, again, I'm not expecting the giants to be super bowl champs, but my expectations now are that this team, should, you know, I think can make the playoffs. And I think should make the playoffs. And, that she that sea shift is mind-boggling to me, and uh, you know, on one hand, it makes me worried about the state of my program in Florida in the short term. But more importantly, for this show and for you people, you know, that are listening to this, that should be some very hopeful stuff. When I'm excited about our prospects, when we really haven't had going into a season excitement and expectation like we do this year in a long long time
0: long time i I think i was probably more excited than you for the 2011 season because i still felt like the 2010 when we got ripped uh, that we played one game like shit and then we lost that game to philly and we got kicked out of the playoffs but i thought that, that like it felt like going from 2010 to 2011 there was a chance to build on it so well, I, I, mean, I was like kind of excited but not like this
1: yeah i, I... Again, using my thing as saying that they're more excited and then Florida was still a top, you Correct. know, ten yeah. team then. So I was still expecting, you know, SEC titles and going to the championship, you know, back then. But uh that's not to say I wasn't excited about the Giants season. Obviously, it's just this is the first year I have, you know
0: You've flip flopped your expectations. I have flip
1: flopped expectations. Yeah. yeah. I'm excited about both as always, of course, and uh but I'm expecting more from the Giants this year and that's a first.
0: Cranky and I will be at a wedding Saturday night, so we will not be able to really truly watch the Giants-Jets game live. I'm sure we'll be playing on our phones from time to time and tweeting and stuff and,
1: <laughs> I and reading we, things. So. I believe we are both at table 37, so I think we can maybe have a, a TV or two. Do uh, you under... actually know our table number? I'm figuring we're way in okay. the back. Okay. I mean, who okay. the hell wants I... us in the front? I have, no, I, I'm not surprised, but I, you,
0: you pulled such a specific number. I was, oh, okay. Well, there's only
1: 33 tables too, so how the hell do you know that?
0: <laughs> um, but yeah, so uh, are we are we doing an episode Monday night? I guess. Sure. Well, the the roster cut down, I think, is Monday at four. There you go. I, I'm pretty sure it's Monday at four. If it's not. Follow sure just Giants Pod on Twitter, and we will update when that episode will be. But if it's recorded Monday night, it will be ready Tuesday morning.
1: Sure. I mean, we'll we we'll, are going to talk about you know when new stories come out of the Jet Giant game. Um, mm-hmm. You know, there might be a storyline of you know somebody might get hurt or
0: Don't who knows that.
1: what. Don't say that. I thought. Uh, Sorry about that. Uh, who knows? I mean, we woke up this morning on a Thursday morning. And there was a major trade. I mean, something could happen between now and then. There could be a cut. There could be anything. So I mean, yeah. it
0: could also be a major signing because he got cut from another team. So
1: that's true that
0: too. Yeah. But with that said, please follow us on Twitter at football underscore grump at the cranky fan. Please subscribe to this show, iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, Google Play, etc. YouTube. That is our our main area of entertainment so hey
1: thanks everybody for um we've had a little bump in subscribers and views on youtube so we really really appreciate that we're trying to uh more subscribers that we get you know let's be honest we might get money and also the more subscribers we get the more people get to watch this show because we get into the algorithm so you know we want to catch more giant fans that we can to build our little community we appreciate you know everybody who puts comments in you know i think We we do our best to answer every single comment and uh, keep those coming. And um, thanks, man. Yeah. That's all I got to say.
0: So we will see you guys next week. Enjoy the game. Until then, go, Giants.
1: Go, Giants.